0: Here's the 0-2 pitch. Got him swinging! Shawaran pumping his fist and showing the emotion!
1: Galgen kicks and deals, and it's a line drive to short. Looping grab by Kevin Smith! Wow. Here's the 1-2. That one is hit well, deep to center. Backing up his wave near the warning track at the wall. He makes the grab!
0: Swung on and missed. He got him, and the Terps win! The Illini 27 winning streak comes to a close. And the Terps move on to the next round. The 2-2, two, two, curveball, strike three! The Terps have done it again! This time it's
1: on the West Coast! The number one team in the tournament goes down
0: as the Terps have ditched the gloves and they're dogpiling on the mound. Good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of the Maryland Baseball Podcast. Jay Eisenberg alongside Matt Present and our special guest tonight, Redshirt senior Rob Galligan, a pitcher on the Terps team. We're here to break down the Terps' upcoming season. They start on Friday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama against the Crimson Tide. And uh, we'll learn a little bit more about Rob tonight as the podcast continues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So something that Coach Chef talked about at Media Day, and Jake and I kind of ran through our minds, this team is young. But everyone on this team is used to winning because the last two years we've won the regional. You were among three guys who were on a team prior to that. What is it like to have experienced Maryland before and after their success?
2: Um, I think it's just kind of it's it's pretty cool to see the transition. Um, getting um, Coach Jeff came here my sophomore year, so seeing him come in here and just kind of um, continue what we started um, the previous year and just um, establish a winning culture, I think. Um, What's important is that we grind every single day, and we don't really take off days. We try to bust our butts every day, so um, to make sure that like winning is part of our culture and part of our lifestyle, so every single day we're competing in something, whether it's um, bullpens, whether it's um, hitting drills, guys are competing every single day in the weight room, so we always try to find ways to compete so guys understand what it feels like to lose, so they never want to feel that way again, so we want to try to um, instill winning into our culture every single day. And, we got a nice little uh, baseball recipes. Even Coach Chef does a good job of just um, getting getting the right players and uh, putting winning formula together.
0: Was that was that an intentional pun? You got Coach Chef in a in a right nice recipe, or is that just me being? <laughs> no, I I thought it silly. was silly. I thought you did it on purpose personally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean I think what uh, what he's been doing here is uh, is perfect for our program, and I think we've done the right things. And uh, I think the most important thing is just. Obviously, Coach Jeff has a big role in this, but I mean, I think it's putting together great people around him. Um, he has a great sports staff. Um, the guys that we have every single day that we work under um, is just as important as Coach Jeff. Um, so I think that those guys like Coach Bellinger, Coach Bond, Haynes, we'll, um, our new strength coach Esteban, our, um, our trainer, Sven, like all those guys need to get credit to because they're really important to our success as well because they're with us through the ground every single day too.
0: So what's been like getting to know all of the new faces on this team between the freshman pitchers like Andrew Miller and Cameron Ank and even more position players like Madison Nickens, who was a transfer from LSU Eunice, and Nick Dunn, who's also a position player transfer. What have you learned from them and how have you kind of been a teacher as, I guess, the the old hat redshirt senior on the team?
2: Yeah, I mean, we definitely have an interesting dynamic here. Um, (laughs) Not too often you get two fifth years on the team and over 20 freshmen and sophomores on the same team. So that's... Pretty interesting, there's not too many teams in college baseball that have that dynamic. Um, but just moving past that, I think the most important thing for us is we, we're at that stage um, that there's no grades. Nick Dunn isn't a freshman anymore. Madison Nickens isn't a transfer anymore. We're all just getting ready for game one, and we're, I mean, we're a team now. The age is out the window. It doesn't really matter where you are. We just want to play, and we just want everybody to be at the highest level to win as much as we possibly can. That's all that matters.
1: You talk about the competition in the weight room and the off-season grind. What is it like from summer ball through fall ball, just the anticipation and getting ready for week one in Alabama?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's different about um, having baseball being a spring sport. Um, you see all these other guys and all these other teams like uh, football, soccer. Um, those guys, they show up in July or August. They only have a month to get ready, and then they get rolling. So it's really hard for those freshmen to adjust and it, the learning curve for freshmen and new guys is really tough. And Coach Jeff talks about this all the time. So thankfully, we have the ability to have six, seven months together before we play our first game, which gives the younger guys an opportunity, or the new guys, the opportunity to understand our culture and just start the process of being bought into baseball. And I think that's what's
0: most important, just everyone being bought in, just thirty-five guys, just doing whatever it takes to win. Yeah, you guys are really fortunate to have that lengthy fall season. That allows you to essentially play games against each other. You have a fall World Series. What, who's, who stood out to you among among the team, whether it be a new guy or someone who's returning?
2: Um, I think what was really good to see was having um, the returning guys, um, to see their transitions and the adjustments that they've made during um, from the postseason to um, starting the new year. So a lot of guys made some great strides, made a lot of adjustments. But it's also pretty cool to see how the younger guys, when they first got, when they stepped on campus, to where they are now. So guys like Peyton Sorrells, Nick Dunn, um, Hunter Parsons, all these new guys have just made tremendous strides. And that, I mean, it's just, it's gonna be, I mean, I'm just really happy to see the, the positive um, strides that everyone's making so far. It's been, it's been great to see. And I mean, everyone's fired up to get ready to roll because everyone's in a good spot everyone's healthy and we're
0: ready to go speaking of of role changes in the fraternity that that is pitchers, you guys hang out in the bullpen and long tossing you guys obviously change roles a decent amount we saw taylor styles last season he unfortunately had that season and injury but this year is now kind of being slotted in that closer role and he's probably undergoing a pretty significant transition in terms of his mental i don't know wherewithal how have you seen him kind of transform from a starter to more of a one-inning mindset?
2: I mean, for Taylor, um, I mean, obviously that injury that he um, had last year was one of the most gruesome things that I've ever seen, unfortunately. Um, it happened at Shipley. But I think moving forward is that what he went through, just to get healthy, was a long process. Nonetheless, get back on the mound. And he was able to get back on the mound in October in, in what, six months from that injury? So. Being able to get back on the mound was one thing, but now he just he just wants to do whatever it takes to get back out there. Um, and I think the most important thing is just get back on the horse and just get ready to roll. So, I mean, he doesn't care whether he's a starter or whether he's a closer. He just wants to play. He just wants to win. He's a competitor, and he'll do anything to win and help the starters win.
1: I wanted to ask you about that injury more specifically because you were the guy that came in after him. You just said it was one of the most gruesome things you've seen. What was that like for you bringing the team together and having to step on the mound right after that.
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty crazy because um, I was supposed to get my first start on that Sunday, um, so I wasn't. I had my turfs on. I was just kind of <laughs> hanging out, and then um, I come out. I'm out on the mound helping Styles, like just stay up and just keep him going. And then I get a tap on my back, and tell them the time telling Pitch tell me to go warm up. Um, so I think for me, it was just I was just kind of, unfortunately, I had to put that aside temporarily. Um, And just, when I got back on the mound, I mean, everyone is just hysteric. Everyone's crying, everyone's wiping tears off their face. Um, I mean, you just had to just tell everyone, hey man, like, he's in a doctor's hands now, he's in the big guy areas, he'll be fine. But right now, Bruce got to play for him. Um, And um, Martyr, Martyr punches me in the chest and is like, let's go, let's play for Taylor, let's go guys. And everyone's good, everyone has a smile on their face. And we were ready to go, and obviously, like in between innings, everyone was going to coach staff. The trainer just makes just get um, updates for on him. But I mean, what we were doing is that it wasn't it wasn't about anything else but Taylor at that time. We were playing for Taylor, and we were going to do everything, and we were going to make sure we won that game for Taylor. Um, and unfortunately, we were able to get on the right side, and I think uh, we won that game. I think it was like nine four. So it was a big win against a really good Cal State Fullerton team. Um, so we we're just fortunate enough to. Have Taylor healthy and be okay after that, which is pretty tough for him.
0: Do you think that Ballinger went to you because of your experience with the team and maybe you have a leadership impact or you're more mentally strong than a younger player?
2: Um, I just think that it was, um, I don't really know the exact reasoning. Um, it might have been matchups, um, but I think it was just, just we needed a couple innings to beat up, and uh, I guess I was really getting, like, fresh on at the time. <laughs> Well, I think that was I, – I guess that was it. Um, and then the next day, we had Drosner, who was slated to go the next week. Um, he came in on that Sunday and had one of the best outings of his career uh, that Sunday. Um, so, it ended up working out well. Unfortunately, we lost that Sunday game and the 90th, thing. Um But we had a great – and we ended up trying to find somewhat of a positive to that weekend after um, one of the most gruesome things on the
0: baseball Well, we're obviously really glad that Taylor – is okay and back and healthy, and we're, we're very excited to see him on the mound again uh, this season and this spring, and starting on Friday, and I guess that's a good segue to talk about this season. Once again, the Terps are opening a stadium for an SEC school. You guys did it a couple years ago against LSU, and I don't know what that atmosphere was like, but I can only imagine that the atmosphere at Alabama is going to be yeah. just as, as big. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, yeah, I think that LSU, that opening game, uh, had, I think that was my sophomore year. though. I think that was Coach Jeff's first game as a Turk. Um I think there was 12, 12, 5 or 13,000 people at that game. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we're looking forward to um, playing playing some warmer weather. Um, obviously, the stadium, I heard, is beautiful. Um, we're looking forward to going down there and just competing. And, I mean, everyone is just ready to go. Everyone just has a fire in their belly. And the returners know, remember that feeling in June. And they, no one wants to feel it later again. So we're doing it over. We just
1: can't wait to get back up there. You mentioned the strides that you see in in other people and your teammates from last year to this year. I want to talk about your strides from two years ago to last year. You go from being someone who was making a few appearances here and there, a nine ERA, to a guy who could eat innings, get big outs, and had a sub three ERA. What was that hurdle that you got over? What was the adjustment?
2: Um, I think the biggest thing for me, it was just. Obviously the year before, uh, the year after, uh, before, sorry, the year before I came into last year, I played summer ball in the California League for um, Silver Spring T-Bolts and I was able to kind of switch roles. I did a little bit of reliever, a little starter, a little closer for them and I was able to get a big chunk of innings and that was really big for me. I think I got around 30 innings that summer, which was the most I've had since high school. Um, So that was good for me to get back out there and just start competing again, just throwing a lot more um, and then just trying to get. 1% better every single day. Um, Just no matter what it is, just try to find something each day to get better at. But also, it was like a transition in my mindset. Um, Unfortunately, when you only get a couple appearances and you struggle in those appearances, baseball starts to become a job. Baseball's not fun. So I just changed my mindset. I said, all right, man, let's just go out there, let's have fun. Whatever happens, happens. Let's throw some strikes and try to help my team win.
0: that's what we do. We, we have fun yeah. upstairs talking about everything that's going down. I mean, you doubled your innings from that summer last year. You actually pitched more innings than anyone not named Mike Shawarren. <laughs> uh, so that that's good on you, and I'm sure you'll have an even bigger role this year, um, as we've already mentioned, as one of the older guys on the team, the young guys. I think maybe they were not even in high school when you were a freshman here. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> 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 well, move, moving on to the the lighter side. No, I, I want to ask you about Pat yeah. real
1: quick, though. Okay. So on your bio, you list him as your sports hero. He is my hero. Why?
0: Well, he lists he lists Galligan as his sports hero.
1: Okay. Well, tell us about it. I mean, Pat's story is
2: unbelievable. Coming, coming here, um, our freshman year, and just showing up the trial to walk on tryouts, making the team, um, and being one of um, one of the biggest key contributors to the team for the past three or four years. Um, I mean, it's a pretty special story, and I just think that um, App is one of those guys that has a pretty special mindset. Um, whatever he tells himself he's going to do, he's going to do it. He's the reason why that he's been so successful is that he will do anything in his power um, to help the team win. And I know that every last threat that he does in the season, he will give it everything he has, and that's just the way Anthony App is, and that's why. I love being around him, that's why everyone loves being around him, because he's a competitor and hoping anything to win. Um, and he just works his butt off every single day. So, I mean, it's fun to be around someone like that. I mean, he brings everyone else out because he want, you want to you want to work like Pat does. I mean, he does things that not so many
0: people can do. Well, to be fair, nobody works like he does. That's why he's the three-time Iron Turb <laughs> yeah, champ. Yeah,
2: I mean, that Iron Turb thing isn't a joke. <laughs> I mean, the guy can move some weight around. Um, he, uh, you know, he's a pretty special player and... Um, Pretty honored to be a uh, part of them and be with them for five years.
0: Did you two meet when you were both trying out and walk-ons? He's from Only. You're from Sayosit, which is pretty close to my hometown. But obviously, you two, I imagine, didn't know each other before you set foot on campus. No,
2: no, we didn't know each other at all. Um, I was, I was like a recruited walk-on. Um, so Coach Backer recruited me to come to Maryland. Um, but then Papa was a true walk-on. Uh, run, but, uh, it's, it's been it's been a fun run, had a couple of the coaching change, changing fields, changing conferences, I mean, it's been a fun run, we've been it all. Well, the
0: field doesn't change too much for you, you get the new the new bullpen set up, which I'm sure is very nice with the padded outside, but the mound is still dirt. Yep.
2: just throw as many sharks as you can, get guys out,
0: have some fun. Alright, so we'll move on to a little bit of lighter questioning now. As as most of the people that are listening may have seen, we threw out a questionnaire to a bunch of the the Terps players to fill out, and we posted that in our 25 days of baseball, uh, which is coming to a close pretty soon. With this, with the season started, we got through about 14 of the players, but we never actually got a response from you, Rob. So if uh if well, you don't mind, on the air. <laughs> well, there you go, there you go. Okay, okay, you can use that as an excuse. We're gonna throw these questions at you right now, live on the Maryland Baseball Podcast, and and see what you have to say, because why not? Okay.
1: Let's do it. All right, so first up, favorite baseball memory growing up? Favorite baseball memory growing up?
0: Um, I know, we're really putting you on the spot here.
2: Yeah. Um, I think a pretty cool memory was um, going to the, uh, my dad took me to the Subway Series, Was that, 2000? Yeah, 2000. 2000. Um, I, I have a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. He took me to the Subway Series um, Mets and Yankees at uh, Shea Stadium. I think it was, I think it was Game Three, and it was the only game that the Mets won that series. So it was pretty cool to see that, and I'm still waiting for the uh, the Mets to get there and experience that again.
0: You so, and me, uh, you and me both, Rob. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was gonna say you're getting Jake riled <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> uh, I I was there in October, for, for a couple of the games. It was it was yeah. fun. Yeah. I'd like to get back there again. What's next, man? All right, how
1: about your favorite Maryland baseball memory?
0: you got to go through about five years' worth. Yeah. A lot more than some other people. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll stop, I'll stop.
2: <laughs> um, I think, I honestly think, I know this is pretty corny, but, I mean, going down to South Carolina last year um, and winning that regional was pretty special. Um... Honestly, I think that the coolest thing was putting on my Maryland uniform for the first time. I mean, that was a pretty special moment.
3: Um, I mean,
2: like just, just putting it on, I just like couldn't help like, put myself in here. look down, like to see the Maryland across my chest, So And like every single day, I just like I'm just thankful for to be able to continue to put on the uniform um, and play for the I mean, service it's, it's an honor to play at a program like this. And, yeah, I will mean, never forget that. Just looking down there. like, oh man, this is pretty cool, huh?
0: The Terps. The Terps yeah. have some have some pretty cool uniforms. <laughs> yeah. What do you what do you think of the new the new grey alternates?
2: Uh, I haven't seen them in person yet. Um, once I see them in person I'll give you a fair opinion. How does that sound? It sounds good to me. What
1: what's your favorite Maryland uniform that you've worn?
0: Favorite Maryland uniform.
2: Um, the camos are pretty cool. I like wearing the camos. Um the old that I love, I love the grays we got, the I mean, grays from last year that we wore um, kind of like that, is like an old wool look, um, but they're, uh, those are pretty awesome. And then, oh
1: man. The old school works well with the stirrups.
0: Yeah, it looks great with the stirrups, yeah. So. Coach Chef is a big stirrups guy. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, oh yeah, socks up all the time
0: Always. Well, they're, they're the you have the, the the actual stirrups, and I noticed the other day in the dugout that they are actually stirrup socks, where <laughs> it just where pro- it just
2: looks like <laughs> they're stirrups. No, those are just fall, those are just prototypes. Those <laughs> are just fall prototypes. We we got the real stirrups. There you go. Yeah.
1: All right. So you mentioned that Coach Backich recruited you as a you recruited walk on, but what made you choose Maryland?
2: Uh. Well, at the time, um, it was my senior year. beginning of my senior year. Um, and at the time, uh, Coach Backage was in his second year. And I was just, I really, what's really important for me is I wanted to be somewhat close to home, nowhere crazy. Um, and just, I want, I just like being a part of things that were pretty special. And Coach Backage um, was able to show me that Maryland baseball is on the rise. Um, I get to play in the ACC. I'm 20 minutes from DC. I'm 30 minutes from Baltimore, and I get to be a part of a program that can do something special. And that was the year that they won five games in the ACC, they won five and 25 in the ACC. So I'm, I'm looking at myself now, saying we went five and 25 the year before I got there. We went, I don't know, like 10 and 20 or 11 and 19 my sophomore year. 10 and 20 my sophomore, year, and then. I don't even know what our Big Ten records were last year. But, I mean, to see that winning 24 games my senior year of high school and then 42 last year, it's it's, it's pretty cool to see the transition. And just knowing that uh, I was a part of that transition um, and getting Maryland baseball on the map. And obviously it's the personnel, it's the coaches and all that, but just just like the vision that I, that I had that Maryland baseball can
0: Well, you guys broke the school record for wins last year, 42. What are some goals for this season for the team? Obviously, I would imagine it's to get past that super regional hump and make it to Omaha. But what about for you personally?
2: Um, I think for me personally, it's just um, just preparing myself mentally and physically to be ready to go on, the, on Friday. Um, and just every time I get the opportunity to get on, get on the mound, just give the team everything I have and put them in the best position I can. Um, Playing one pitch at a time, again, just having some fun. Not a, not a big goal. Not a big huge rah uh, rah guy. With one <laughs> pitch that stuff. We have our own internal team goals, but I mean that's just for me, just giving the team everything I have and just staying within myself and just one pitch at a time. That's those are my goals. That's all I got for you, sir. That's no. all good.
1: Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. How about how about your hobbies? What's something that people don't know about Rob Galligan?
2: I love to play golf. Big golf. Weekend, it was like twenty five degrees, and me, my dad, my brother, and one of the, uh, an old teammate of mine came down to my, or came up to my house, and we played uh, thirty six holes in golf. And, um, but yeah, I love to play golf. Uh, it's one of, one of,
0: yeah. So you must love the golf scramble in the fall.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it's a blast.
0: Who? What's what's the best? I guess what's the best foursome on the team? And comparatively, who's the worst <laughs> on the team?
2: I don't, I don't think that many guys played this year. Um, but I would say uh, uh, there's a foursome uh, in front of us this year. It was <laughs> it was uh, Alex Robinson, Jared Price, Kevin Martier, and Zach Morris. <laughs> that was the <a> top foursome. <laughs> they were holding
1: up the whole court. <laughs> a lot of balls lost, huh? Yeah,
0: Hey, you know, I'm still at the stage of my game where I consider a good round to be one where I find more balls along the course than I lose. So it's all about the I'm, plus I'm right minus. There. Exactly, exactly. I don't care if I shoot par or, or get a bogey, but if I play with the same ball, it's it's been yeah. a good hole. So I, I I'm probably with Robinson and Mars and Price in that in that regard. No, I'm happy I was a really, really- Shots here now, but some of the older guys I put are pretty good offers. What about what about a walkout song? What are what are your thoughts? Coming in from the new bullpen?
2: <laughs> I got a couple like this. I don't know. I am still trying to narrow it down.
0: Uh, maybe we can help you.
2: breathing down my neck trying to send it in. Um, I don't know, man. Still gotta figure it out. I got a couple of options, but we'll see. Not even you're gonna keep us waiting, keep us in suspense. I think I think that's the best idea. I think that's the best way to do it right
0: now. I don't know what do you think? So I'll know. I'll know. Come maybe. I don't know. Seventh inning, eighth inning, Friday night. What your walkout song is? <laughs> Not even a hint. What about a genre? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know.
2: I got a couple couple different genres, couple different songs.
0: Not sure yet. Really, just keeping us in the dark. Hey, that's fine. Right. That's fine. It's okay. We'll we'll move on to the next question. Maybe that's why you didn't didn't give us a reply on this one. <laughs> your Favorite TV, show?
2: Favorite TV show? Probably uh, Entourage or uh, Believe. I like, believe. Is, <laughs> you both <laughs> both good choices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: How about movie? Favorite
2: movie? That's tough. Uh,
0: I didn't think this was one of the hard ones. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Well, no, well, I, th- well, I yeah. think it's a hard question though, because most people have like a five movie. favorite movies, yeah, that's what I'm right? I, got a couple in my head. Um, I mean, off off the top of my head, some some of my favorite. I like Back to the Future. Okay. Good Will Hunting's a classic. Uh-huh. Forrest Gump is up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to go baseball, you got The Sandlot. Yeah. That's a classic. Nothing beats Space Jam in my opinion. Space
2: Jam. Yep. It was my walkout last year. It was really. Well, there you go. I think so was my walkout last year. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, I love Rookie of the Year. It's one of my favorites mm-hmm. growing up. Um, for the Lovely Game it was another baseball movie that I love. Um, just
0: Really just any Kevin Costner
2: baseball movie? Yeah, and The Underdog stories. a little uh, shout-out to uh, baseball alum uh, Mark Chiari. And all of his movies are, have been awesome. Miracle, The Rookie. Um, all, all of his movies lately have been awesome.
1: All right, last last one of these set of questions. Okay. Outside of playing baseball, what is your dream job? My dream job?
2: Um, I don't I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know exactly um, what what industry um, I want to go into yet. But I think that my dream is to whatever I do, whatever I go into, I want to um, have an impact on the company or the industry. Um, so I think that, that whatever it is, um, I wanna be the best I can and do something special to make a change to whatever we're doing and obviously be the best um, be the best uh, son, brother, father, husband and I can possibly
0: be so it's very admirable. Uh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Well that that's our that's our live questionnaire. Yeah. That was tough, man. Yeah, you can call that uh 25 days of baseball for Rob. Yeah, you know what? Maybe the hardest thing you'll have to do all season. That's kinda like walking out on the mound in Alabama. Not that I would know personally. But in any case, we're, we're excited for the season to start on Friday. I'll be out there uh, for us, and uh, we're excited to see what you what you throw out there, literally and figuratively. All
1: right, I got one, one more question before we let you go, and that is last season, last game of the year was... The best performance I've ever seen from you out of the bullpen. Obviously, the game didn't end the way Maryland wanted it to. But just walk me through that. You come in, a couple innings in, and you go seven and two-thirds in relief. How many times did you have to tell Coach Chef, put me back out there?
2: Um, I think the, really the only time... Um, but I just wanted to just put everything out there because I didn't really know when I was
1: done. Um, but Did you have any idea of pitch count? No, I really
3: want. to. Say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a reason
0: they call him Rubber Arm. Wrong. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, that solidified the nickname.
0: Yeah, I don't even want to know what other pitch count All the other pitchers I've talked to are like, yeah, Rob's always out there throwing. I don't know how he keeps going. <laughs> he'll go. He'll run back to the bullpen in between innings and throw 20 pitches and then come out and throw 30 more.
2: <laughs> yeah, my, I just want to keep my shoulder to and be ready to go. <laughs> it, gets, it tightens up sometimes if I don't keep it moving. But yeah, just I mean that just goes back to what I was saying before. Um, I just kind of just want to play, just one pitch at a time, and just trying to win as many pitches as I can, and hopefully put my team in the best position. All
1: right. Well, that's Rubber Arm Rob Rob Galligan. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at rgalligan galligan twenty eight. Rob, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you very much for having me. I
3: The Maryland Baseball Network is looking for sponsors for the 2015 season. Ad packages begin at just $200 and include dozens of commercial spots and in-game reads. For more information on how you or your business can advertise with MBN, email us at MarylandBaseballNetwork at gmail.com.
0: Want instant info on MBN coverage? Make sure to follow us on Twitter at MDBaseballNet. MBM's Twitter account will update followers on broadcast information and will provide links to all MBN content, including interviews, game recaps, and much more. Again, don't forget to follow the official Twitter handle of the Maryland Baseball Network, at MDBaseballNet.
3: The Maryland Baseball Network isn't just a broadcast network. It's a comprehensive online platform dedicated to bringing you everything Terrapins baseball. Be sure to check out our website by going to www dot maryland baseball network dot com where you can find game recaps podcasts news video and much more that's maryland baseball network dot com your home for all things terps
1: Welcome back to Maryland Podcast, 2016 Episode 1. Once again, a special thanks to Rob Galligan for jumping on the show
0: first this year. And Jake, what were your reactions to hearing what Rob had to say today? Well, it really seems like the mentality for this team, and and Rob said it really well, I think, is, is they've been to the Super Regional the past two years. Before that, they hadn't even sniffed the postseason, so already you see a culture shift in the program itself, but now they're hungry. And they're hungrier than they've ever been and they want to get to Omaha more than anything. And of course, they're gonna to get to Omaha this year. That's where the Big Ten tournament is, but it's all about getting back there a few weeks later.
1: Right. That's a clarification that I'm sure we'll revisit throughout the season. But I think what what really stood out to me was his mentality change of I just wanna have fun. And you can see the balance on this team. They're very competitive, but they still just wanna have fun. And it's an Awesome, awesome culture to be around.
0: It is, and we've seen it, you know, there's so many different personalities on the team between Rob, who we talked to tonight, between guys like Ryan Selmer, who I'm sure we'll talk to in the future about his magic tricks and whatnot, but between all the different guys, they just mesh so well together and create such a, a team experience that they're a bunch of likable guys and it's it's really easy to root for them. Absolutely. So
1: like we said, season kicks off at Alabama on Friday. You'll be there and we have plenty of articles to get you guys set for the season up on our website, MarylandBaseballNetwork.com, so check them out. Every position is previewed. Plenty of players are profiled. The top plays from 2015, and we still got a few more days to count you down to Alabama.
0: Oh, I think think when it comes to Alabama, I'm just as excited, if not more excited than the entire team is. Like I said, they're opening up a brand-new stadium in Alabama. They're going to be in excess of 10,000 people there, no doubt. It's similar to like when they opened up the the stadium in LSU, except well, there's we're, we're gonna we're gonna be there, you know. I'm gonna see it firsthand. It's gonna be something really exciting to see Mike Shawarn on the bump Friday night, in in front of this sold out crowd. And this is a crowd that's I might add is gonna get pretty rowdy too, Matt. There have been there's a Twitter account for the Alabama team. It's a uh, right field bleachers or right field Bama, and basically it's it's somewhat like the crew here in Maryland where they just have a bunch of. Rowdy college fans in right field heckling, you know the right fielder and even even the center fielder. Papio got some got some tweets thrown at him. Jankarski did as well, and they, they were having some fun with it a couple days ago.
1: Yeah, and if nothing else, it prepares them for that same atmosphere. They saw it at Virginia. That place, I know you weren't there, but that was the loudest I've ever heard at a baseball game, college or professional. That place was deafening. And it was such an awesome atmosphere, so that if this team can experience that day one, they are that much more prepared for it day
0: or game 62. Well, I mean, it's it's a great start to the season, and it's it's a good non-conference matchup for the Terps to really see where they're at. They'll come back and they'll play other non-conference series against Rhode Island, and then they have one against Bryant, and of course there's that tournament down in North Carolina. But they also have another really tough non-conference slate coming up against Cal State Fullerton, who came here last year, and they have another chance to show their worth against the Titans, which are, you know, across the collegiate baseball, one of the top programs in the country historically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a measuring stick. I mean, not there's no knock on Big Ten baseball. I think Maryland found out last year that this conference is better than they may have anticipated. Illinois had a tremendous year. Uh, Iowa, you can't forget about the year they put together, the starting pitching that they put out last season. But I think that people around baseball might not respect the Big Ten the same way they respect the SEC or the perennial uh, contenders in Fullerton. And if you can make your mark against those teams and then still play well in Conference, it really demonstrates something special to the
0: committee come the end of the season. Well, I think last year, yes, the Terps had the added bonus of winning the South Carolina Regional, and that kind of put them in the national spotlight. But coming into to last season, some of that spotlight may have faded away. And when they took on Cal State Fullerton they you know, were successful against the Titans, I think that, that catapulted them back into the the national baseball riders and in the in the view of the NCAA and really propelled them through the rest of the season. And They were solid through the Big Ten as well. They won 14 games in conference, and of course they finished strong in the Big Ten tournament, running the table until the, the Big Ten final against Michigan. So they really put themselves in a position to be not only be noticed, but to, to place themselves in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, There's so many exciting
1: things to look forward to this season. I think after last season, you look at having eight guys drafted and you go, okay, we still got Mike Shawarin, but who else is going to be there? And I addressed part of that a couple of days ago in my article about this weekend rotation and how guys like Taylor Bloom and Brian Schaefer make this rotation poised to be more consistent than that of past year's. You look at the lineup, and yes, you lost some bats, but this year's depth is really impressive. And so I think it's going to be really cool, especially in the early going, to see who steps up and where and kind of how the pieces come together for a team that is still young. I mean, we talked to Rob, and we gave him a little bit of a hard time for being an old man, but I mean, this team is really young, and yet there's so many different
0: guys who are going to contribute. Well, I think in this that there's a reason that this team is going to be sneaky in terms of the polls. They're not really ranked across any of the major polls so far. They're they're kind of hovering in the in the upper 20s if you expand them, and you know they they were picked second to win the Big Ten in the coaches' poll. They were picked first by D1Baseball.com to win the conference. So they're getting some recognition within the conference, but not necessarily on a national scale. And a lot of the reason has to do with the players who were drafted. I spoke to Michael LaNana, who's a Baseball America writer, and he said that's a big reason why. They don't know how Maryland's offense is going to react with the loss of Martier, Jose Quas, Lamont Wade, Brandon Lau, all guys who were basically 1-3, 4-5 in their lineup every single day. But then you plug in guys like Nick Dunn, who had an unbelievable summer and who Matt Swope called one of the best natural hitters he's ever coached. And you have guys coming in like Madison Nickens, who was successful down in LSU Eunice. You have Anthony Papio, who's going to continue to be a solid presence in the five or six hole. You get Kevin Biondic, who came on strong in the postseason and really showed his potential as a hitter. Andrew Bechtold, who started strong and was a promising prospect as well before he himself got injured. And then Nick Cieri, who's also shown you know, that he can hit and really provide some power in the cleanup spot. And
1: also a guy who battled injury uh, last season, missed about six weeks, if I recall.
0: And so did Lamont Wade. Right. They both did.
1: Right. Um, so I think I think you make a good point, though, that a lot of people nationwide may be a little skeptical of this team, and perhaps rightly so if you're writing for a national publication. But this roster, these guys, they don't care because until two years ago, they were the underdogs. That's what this program was built on. They're it almost built more comfortable on, here. Right. They were. It was built on the fact that they were underdogs and they were going to conquer these. No expectations. They were going to fly above that. And while, you know, they have younger guys who maybe didn't live through what Rob and Papio and Jared Price did to actually be that team that struggled to make it to 500, it's the same blue-collar mentality that Eric Bakich started and John Sheff has continued. And that's why it doesn't matter that they're not ranked right now preseason.
0: It it doesn't matter at all. And you mentioned that blue-collar mentality, and I think it's incredible that that mentality has continued to come through all of the recruits that we've seen over the fall practices and the and the winter scrimmages and all of the returning guys who, as we mentioned before, have never not... They're The only three guys, Price, Galligan, and Papio, are the only three that have experienced a Maryland baseball season that didn't result in a super regional berth. Which is astounding if you think about it, considering that prior to these past two years, it was 40 years since the last one. Their turnaround happened in the blink of an eye.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really incredible to look back on how quickly the expectations have transformed. Because like you said, it happens so quickly that they, they go from this team battling to get respect in the ACC to this team battling to make it to the College World Series. And it's incredible that these players have embraced that challenge so quickly and It's not a matter of whether or not these expectations are too high because
0: they expect it of themselves. So we've already broken down the position groups pretty seriously on our website. Again, you can check out those previews at MarylandBaseballNetwork.com. If you go under 25 Days of Baseball 2016 Season Previews, you can get all of them categorically right there. But let's dive a little bit deeper. We looked at the the starting weekend rotation, and we see Mike Shawarn, who's going to anchor Friday night, and we see Brian Schaefer who's coming back, had a tremendous postseason, and Taylor Bloom gonna be the Saturday and Sunday guys. And they're all they're all young guys, really. I mean Schwarin's a junior, but Schaefer and Bloom sophomores themselves, and you have Tyler Styles going into the into the closer role, and just a plethora of pitchers between Anks, Parsons, Zach Guth, Andrew Miller, guys that were drafted and highly recruited, filling out the middle of that bullpen. Pitching seems to be the terp strength this year. It does, and I think the
1: only weakness might be their middle relief. Those guys you mentioned, no disrespect to them, but we've yet to see them pitch on the college stage. and Bridging that gap between those starters and styles, you know, the the middle relief and, and late relief for the Terps last year was just such a strength to have guys like Selmer, Galligan, Alex Robinson, and Kevin Mooney. They could go three or four innings a game, and you expect zeros in all four of those innings. So that might be one of the very few weaknesses this team has this year, but like you said and like Rob said, to have guys get those experiences so early on in their career, they're no longer freshmen or sophomores. they're just guys on the team who have that experience and are ready for the next challenge
0: so let's let's for a second bounce back to look at the at the schedule for this year. What series or or games? really stand out to you more than others, whether they be non-conference or or within the conference themselves. I think, for me personally, I look at a series like Cal State Fullerton, and that's a way for the Terps to make a statement. Later in the season, Illinois comes to College Park, and yes, they've lost a lot of key pieces, but they'll still be a tough opponent. What are some that stand out to you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to put
1: Illinois up there. Maryland only played Illinois once a season ago. It was that incredible win, snapping the 27-game win streak, in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I think it'll be cool to play Penn State for the first time. I'm not saying that Penn State is the same powerhouse that Illinois might be, but it's a little local flavor in the Big Ten and a team that Maryland has not played yet, so I'm excited to go up there for that series.
0: And that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll be in Penn State for that series. That'll be uh, April 29th through May 1st. Some of the series, though, we might be unable to get to, depending on, depending on our funds. Iowa, Minnesota... Michigan State, uh, among them, um, we we started a GoFundMe to try and raise some funds. It's contributed so much already. We thank you for your support already. It's helped us refinance our equipment, get ready for, for this season, and, and up our subscriptions to bring you these broadcasts live. But we also need a little bit more help for travel funds. So if there's there's any dime that you can donate to to these broadcasts and the Maryland Baseball Network, you can go to GoFundMe.com/slash. MD Baseball, Net. any contribution, any amount, is more than welcome, and it helps us bring you the, the high-quality broadcast that you've come to, to listen to, and we know you've come to love, and we enjoy bringing it to you.
1: Absolutely, and if you or anyone you know wants to sponsor us, advertise with us, partner with us in any way, we're more than happy to work with you and negotiate with you, and, and this is just, again, one of the steps we're trying to take to bring you the best coverage, certainly of any Maryland sport, and I I think that's really incredible that just one year in, we're covering Maryland baseball, I think, more comprehensively than any other sport at Maryland is being covered.
0: And then we we, have to, we owe a lot of thanks to the founder of the network, John Vitas. You uh, really set the foundation for, for you and I, Matt, to really take it and run with it and, and create this platform, this comprehensive Maryland baseball platform that, that brings all of you listening the most important information about the team, exclusive information about the team, live broadcasts, audio, video, this podcast, and so much more. So once again, if anything is spared, go fundme.com baseball net Any amount, much appreciated by by all of us here at the Maryland Baseball Network. Yeah, not
1: just your money, but your ideas. We're more than happy to listen to anything that you want, you want us to add to what we are mixing in throughout the season. I think it was pretty cool that we got to find you guys 25 days of Baseball, but if you have any other features, other features or, things or things that, that you'd like, to like us incorporate, to incorporate, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to, out to us. To Maryland, Maryland, baseball Maryland Baseball Network at gmail.com. Email address. Email address you find us on Twitter, on Twitter as well at the MD baseball, baseball, baseball Net. net. Um, um, always, always, always stop, stop by, say, by say, say, say hi to us at we games. For for love to
0: meet all of you, and you know, just continue to grow, this family. And and that, we can to announce one of our
3: new our newest
0: one of our new brand to us Venus Venus presented presented this this upcoming upcoming season. The during the 7th, stretch stretch, we usually, usually go to the virtual, virtual, virtual. virtual. We'll, 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 we'll try and try and live live first first couple game, games, couple is, we'll test this out to see how it goes, how uh, you can uh, tweet, tweet us, at us, tweet ask us ask questions you questions want Use the hashtag AskMBN, make sure to tag us and tweet we'll see it and see it and during the inning break, in our little 7th stretch, we'll try and get to as many of your Maryland baseball questions as possible, so once again, just tweet at us, baseball
3: and use the hashtag
0: AskMBN, and whoever's broadcasting the game, whether it's me, Matt, both of us, us, uh, our new broadcasters, Liam Beatus and Cam Rogers, uh, will be happy to answer your questions during the seventh inning stretch.
1: Yeah, definitely definitely a new wrinkle that we've included this year, and I think it should make for some, so- for some fun interactions, some fun stories that you guys might be sharing with us, and again, more than happy to answer your questions
0: and provide whatever extra coverage you are looking for. And, of course, if Twitter's not your thing, we always have our Mixler chat open, and we're, we're constantly looking at it to see if there are any technical issues, which, of course, we hope there are none. Um, but if you have any comments you want to throw our way on Mixler, we're more than happy to read those and respond to those as well. All right, so that's going to do it for
1: Episode 1, 2016
0: Maryland Baseball Podcast.
1: For Jake Eisenberg, I'm Matt Present. Thanks for, so much for listening, and tune in to Jace Call of Alabama Friday, Saturday, and Sunday Fridays at seven thirty PM start, Saturday is at four thirty and Sundays at two PM live from Tuscaloosa, only on Maryland Baseball Network.